message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi, my name is Graham Anz. I'm part of Jeremy's team along with Graham Pyman, who obviously you know well. And it's a privilege and a pleasure to be speaking to you guys in Derby. And for those of you who don't know me, which is probably most of you, actually, I live in Salford on the west side of Manchester uh, with Daryl, my wife, and I have two grown up children, Matt, who lives and works in Oxford, and Lucy, who lives and works in Brussels. And just want to say before I, I go on to what we're going to talk about today, how much we love and appreciate Graham and Sarah as our friends and their family. They are a fantastic family. We love spending time with them as a family. And so just want to affirm them to you. It's been a great privilege for us to get to know them and to be friends with them. And today I want to talk about living by faith through the spirits, living by faith through the spirit. And I believe God has directed me to speak from Galatians for you as a church. Interestingly, it's likely that the New Testament church of Derby or Derby, perhaps, was one of the Galatian churches Paul was writing to. Derby was the furthest stop on Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, and he also uh, stopped there on his second and third missionary journeys as well. And you can read about all of those in Acts, of course. And clearly in the Galatian churches, some Christian Jews had gained a dominant influence in the churches. And they, they contended that the Gentile Christians needed to be circumcised in order to be fully saved. They needed to conform to aspects of Jewish law. And Paul uses very strong language in his response. And he, and he sees this message as undermining the gospel and his authority as an apostle. And so Paul's primary purpose in the letter to the Galatians is to show from Scripture that God's promise to Abraham, enacted through Jesus, was righteousness is by faith, not by the law. And he reminds the Galatians that they were born again through receiving the Holy Spirit. They are free from the law or other rules or observances. They're free to live by faith and express that faith through love. So we're going to look at two verses that encapsulate the book of Galatians. So if you have a Bible, please turn to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 5 and 6. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so from these three short sentences, I want to draw three truths or perhaps three principles for living as a people of faith through the Holy Spirit. The first point will be we live through the Spirit by faith. Secondly, we live joined together in faith. And thirdly, we live expressing our faith in love. And although these things seem like very three very separate points, actually they flow one to the other. They cascade down from one to the next. 
And so firstly, we live through the Spirit by faith. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. We await the return of Jesus, the culmination of our process of justification and sanctification being made right before God and transformed to being like Jesus. The realisation of our hope for eternal life and the public declaration and vindication of God that we are his people. And this, Paul says, is through the Spirit by faith. Not through circumcision or any other outward sign or work, but by faith. And the gospel that Paul had originally preached to the Galatians was that salvation was through the Spirit by faith and nothing else. There was no requirement to add Jewish law or Jewish custom to their faith in Jesus. Not only that, but by adding ritual and law, they would actually be undermining their faith. Salvation was by the grace of God alone. The death of Jesus was completely sufficient to bring us into the family of God. They were new creations. The old person, be that Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, is dead. Crucified with Christ. See, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. My old life is dead and gone. Now Christ lives in me. I live by faith in Jesus. A story is told of Margaret Thatcher during the time that she was the Prime Minister in the UK. For those of you who can remember that far back or who were even born that far back. And she was visiting an old people's home going from room to room and meeting the people who lived there. And one elderly lady showed no sign of realising who she was shaking hands with. And so Mrs Thatcher asked her, do you know who I am? No, dear replied the old lady, but I should ask the nurse if I were you. She usually knows. And so the question for us is, do we know who we are? Do you know who you are? Through the Spirit, you have a new identity. You're born again. You live by faith through the Spirit. You are fully a child of God. There is nothing you can do to improve your status or your acceptability before God. There isn't even a rule book to live by as a Christian. God isn't keeping count of how many times we pray or read our Bible or keeping a tally of the number of times you've sinned and repented. The message of grace is so strong that it appears to encourage us to sin. See, Paul wrote to the Romans to say, despite grace, shall we go on sinning? That grace may increase. And of course, the answer was no, by no means. And Paul said, for me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. And living by faith means Christ lives in me. And my life is about the formation of Jesus' character in me and his life through me. So have you truly grasped grace? How does grace impact your life? How is Jesus being formed in you? How would you assess your life by faith? In the body right now? And those are questions for us to consider 
as Christians. And secondly, we live joined together in faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. To be circumcised wasn't just a physical process to be subjected to. Circumcision was the ultimate Jewish badge of identity. It couldn't be faked. It couldn't be done half-heartedly. You either were or you weren't. And as Paul explains in chapters 4 and 5 particularly, circumcision carried with it all the connotations of the Old Testament law and Jewish culture as additional baggage. And so for the Galatian Christians, to be circumcised didn't only mean that they were denying the gospel of grace in terms of their own personal salvation. But it also meant that the church would not be a celebration and a shared experience of many diverse races and cultures and backgrounds and genders and demographics, each being brought into the community together as equal heirs of grace. But instead it would have been a homogenized proto-Jewish community where all those aspects of life were seen and experienced through the lens of Jewish culture and Jewish practice. See, in Galatians 3, Paul says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Not according to his race or culture, but according to the promise that righteousness is by faith. So Paul was clear, you're all one family, you're all equally heirs, not on the basis of identifying as Jewish, but on the faith base of faith in Jesus, belonging to Jesus, being clothed with Jesus. Jew and Greek, or non-Jew, slaves and free men, men and women are all equally sons, daughters and heirs in God's family. We're all equally partners in God's purpose, equal participators in the eternal future God has planned for us. But none of this denied their different experiences of life or culture or expectations, education, work, family, religious ties, either before or after being born again. We are who we, who we are culturally and in terms of our background and our family. And the way those individuals learned to be community would have been hammered out on the anvil of those many different backgrounds and cultures. On the basis of mutual understanding of those backgrounds and cultures and mutual love for each other through the Holy Spirit to successfully build Christian community. See, God's intention for his family was not identical people who all thought and acted in the same way under a process of homogenization. The life of the church community needed to reflect all the backgrounds, all the cultures, eating together, loving one another, worship, prayer, teaching, discipleship, the list goes on. It required a slave to one another, a slave owner, a Jew to one another, a non-Jew, an uneducated woman to one another, a well-educated man of social standing and vice versa. All inheritors in God's kingdom, all functioning in the body together, all gifted 
as God's anointed ones. And this would have been completely mind-blowing in their culture. And in many ways, it's still quite mind-blowing in our culture. Because all of this is still true for us in our 21st century context. What should this look like in our churches in the UK right now? Multiracial, multicultural, multi-class, multi-generational, rich and poor, highly educated, less well-educated, citizen and refugee, male and female. Does your church and do you truly reflect the spirit of what Paul was fighting for here? Or instead, are we subconsciously operating a process of homogenization of our own? Perhaps a white British middle class one, dare I say. Do we love Jesus and love and appreciate the people he has called us to be in community more than we love and appreciate our favourite style of worship? Do we love and appreciate the people God has called us to be with more than our favourite style of preaching or our favourite way of doing community or our favourite way of eating together? Do we love each other as a community more than all those things? Because that will determine often how we build community together. How open are we? How embracing are we as churches? And third, we live expressing our faith in love. See, Paul says this is the only thing that counts. Faith expressing itself through love. See, in the previous sentence, Paul had stated that neither circumcision, being a Jew, nor uncircumcision, being a Gentile, had any value. It has no value for justification or our sanctification. But he goes on to talk about what does have value. In fact, he says it's the only thing that counts. And when Paul tells us that something is the only thing that counts, we need to be sure that we're living it out in our lives. What counts is faith in action through love. Faith in action through love. See, earlier we read in Galatians 2.20, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Living by faith is not just for those who leave employment to work for God with no regular means of income. Living by faith is not just generally living as a Christian. Galatians talks about us being children of Abraham, the inheritor of God's promise by faith, but also the one who stepped out in faith to go where he didn't know where God was leading. And living by faith is being on an adventure with God for life. It's an adventure of following Jesus in a life of faith of action, in love every day, because it's Jesus who loves you, who is now living through you. And Jesus is the very definition of faith in action through love. Jesus got close to people. Jesus got involved in their lives. He, he touched them physically, he touched them spiritually, he touched them emotionally. Further on in chapter 5, Paul says, God called you to make you free, but don't use that freedom to gratify yourself and serve yourself. Yes, we're called to be free, but we're called to be free for purpose. 
We're called to be free to use that freedom to love our neighbour, which Jesus identified as anyone that God puts in your path. And Paul refers to it again in Galatians. Use your freedom to love your neighbour. Because loving God leads us to loving all those he brings us into contact with in our lives, including, Jesus says, our enemies. What about our work colleagues, our next-door neighbours, the person we see when we go to the gym or at our book club or, or the school gate or any other facet of life that we are involved in. God has put us in our own worlds and God brings us into contact with people in those worlds. And God says to us, love your neighbour. These are your neighbours. These are the people I've called you to. This is what counts. This is the only thing that counts. Love your neighbours. Love one another as neighbours and love those around you as neighbours. How do you love your neighbour? How do I love my neighbour? My Christian neighbour, my non-Christian neighbour. In addition to the normal everyday connections in places that God has put us, are we proactive in our expressions of faith? Do we look to create opportunities to love others? Last year I was thinking through life and I realised that since I moved away from from secular work, so called into working for Christ Central, that I had lacked opportunity. People outside of my immediate day-to-day setting. And so having prayed and thought about it, I have initiated something which, although delayed by lockdown, will give me the opportunity to be part of the world out there. Not just in people who live around me, but actually in a world out there that's outside of Christ Central, and to serve them and be involved in people's lives. For some of you at Jubilee, this will already look like fostering or adoption, perhaps, or or food bank or debt advice, refugee support, and many other things. And you know, I believe God wants to say to you, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Actually, we need to hear that God loves us and put His love in us, but He He is faithful to us in all that he's called us to do. And he wants us to understand that he sees our faithfulness. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And I also know that at Jubilee, you are really pushing into the prophetic and words of knowledge as a community. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. But I believe God has a challenge for you today. And that challenge is this, take that desire to hear from God, that desire to be prophetic, take that prophetic gift outside of your church meetings and your gatherings together, into your streets and your workplaces, into your social settings, into all those places that you serve and love other people, those social action and social justice settings, and believe God to speak to you. Believe God for his prophetic gift. Believe God for words of knowledge. I want you to set you that as a challenge as a church. Ask God for him to break through in those settings. As you're getting confidence together, ask God to take you on to that next step, that by the Spirit of God you're able to break into people's lives. And for others, I believe God wants to say to you what Paul says in chapter 3. He says, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh. 
In other words, you were once full of spirit and it overflowed in every part of your life, but now you have withdrawn. You're playing it safe in your Christian life. And God wants to say to you, I want to rekindle the adventure of faith through the spirit that I put in your heart. I want to rekindle it afresh. I want to blow on the embers. I want to blow on the embers of your heart. And I want you to take risks for me again. I want you to step out in an adventure of faith in life again. If life does not still feel like an adventure of faith for you, God wants to speak to you afresh today. And I want to leave you with this. In verse 25 of chapter 5, Paul says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You are a new creation of grace through the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in line with the Spirit. Look to be following Jesus. Is Jesus turning right? Is Jesus turning left? Is Jesus going straight on? Let's be, let's be in step with the Holy Spirit in our lives. You're on an adventure through the Spirit. Keep living by faith, expressing that faith in love. One day, I hope to be with you in person as a church. Love to visit you and see you. Uh, but for now, I hope that uh, you God has spoken to you through what I've said today and you're able to go away and, and, and meditate and think about what sort of adventure you are on, what sort of life in the spirit by faith through love you're on. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.